0: I'm Byron Harris, and this is When I Got Here, Untold Immigrant Stories, a podcast from Literacy Achieves. At Literacy Achieves, we provide English literacy programs for immigrant and refugee families in Dallas, Texas. Our students come to us from all over the world. We celebrate them and what they bring to our country. When I Got Here tells the stories of immigrants who've come to the United States, why they left their homelands, and the lives they're making here. Growing up in Cuba, Jose Hernandez's life was dominated by Churchills, Torpedoes, Toros, and Gordos, all names for shapes of cigars, His family owned a tobacco plantation about four hours southeast of Havana. Growing tobacco and rolling cigars was his father's livelihood.
1: He rolled cigars. He had a tobacco plantation. He had almost like 12 guys working for him, you know, in the the farm and uh, making cigars, selling cigars. But the Cuban
0: Revolution and Fidel Castro changed all that. The new communist country began nationalizing the cigar industry in 1960. Jose wasn't born yet, but the trajectory of his life was already changed.
1: And after the revolution, they came in. They came in and took everything. And he uh, has a lot of fight with the governments, and whatnot, you know, and they, it never recovers uh, the plantations and everything. We lose everything. It's a small town. It's a very small town, but all people right there from that town, they know uh, us, the family, you know, and we, we are in the tobacco business for years and years and years, you know, so, and that's what we did. The family used their skill to survive. Today we have two guys working in the family behind home. We have a, a, a cigar table right there when they make cigars for us. And we sell cigars on the street, on the door. People go to my home, hey, I need cigars, and we sell the cigars right there. To make the best of it, Jose started studying medicine.
0: But he soon discovered he would be working for the government, subject to being sent
1: to another country while most of his income went to the state. I decided not continue because I have a lot of problems with the government right there. And uh, they told me when I finish my career, they're going to send me to Venezuela and Nicaragua, something like that to help that country. That's what the government do in Cuba. When you become a doctor, they send it to different countries and they make money with you. You know, they, yeah. they give you just a little portion, just a little, uh, a little portion on the big total. I say, this is not for me. This is not for me.
0: He went to Chile where he had relatives in hopes of using his medical
1: knowledge to forge an independent income. I went to Chile and when I was in Chile, you know, I started I start, uh, to continue and to become a nurse. But I said, no, I don't want this for me. You know, something tell me, go to the United States. At that time, the Cuban Adjustment Act of 1966
0: allowed Cubans a fast track toward obtaining a green card and becoming U.S. citizens. A friend from Jose's hometown in Cuba had located in Dallas. So he came to Dallas. His only possessions,
1: the clothes on his back. I have family in Miami, but uh, I never go to Miami. And that's the one of the uh, the best things happened in my life to come here because that when I, when I arrived here, I see uh, the potential right here in Dallas. I start to work. Uh, the first work that I remember was like a, a, the name of the company is a plastic pack, plastic pack. They make like a Coca-Cola bottles and plastic or something like that. They pay me $8.20, $8.20 per hour. I was working right there almost 12 hours because I, I start around 6.30 uh, in the morning a.m. and I finished around six thirty seven 7.00 p.m. Uh, 12 hours, uh, Monday to Friday and Saturday and, and, and Sunday and weekends, I did like a trash, you know. I was driving like a trash, something like that, picking the trash from the garbage. Uh, from the apartments. I have uh, uh, two jobs, working hard seven days a week. Eventually, he scored a job driving a forklift. I was uh, driving a forklift, loading truck, and it was in Terrell. And Terrell is a big company, a metal company right there. And I, uh, I was driving a forklift for uh, a dust company. And at the same time, uh, I have a part-time I went to I go to the I went to the, like an apartment or something like that and take a trash and put in the dumpster the big dumpster. He enrolled in English classes at community college, but there were obstacles. For me, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy because uh, I didn't know nothing about English, and, uh, and and you know what? And my teacher was from China. More difficult and crazy. I don't understand nothing when that girl talk, you know. <laughs> she had a Chinese accent. Yeah. And I say, oh my gosh, what, why, why, why I'm here? I'm not, I, I don't understand nothing. And believe it or not, when you say that, it's when you start to learn. Not my accent; it was horrible. But her accent was <laughs> crazy. I don't understand nothing for that time when I was in the college. But it was good, you know? I learned because she was, she was a very nice person. She was uh, next to all the students right there. Do it, do it, do it. And uh, and now I don't, when I talk to the Chinese people, something like that, I don't have a problem to understand. <laughs> I understand everything, I understand everything.
0: Commuting to his job in Terrell, he noticed billboards advertising gun shows in North Texas he calculated those customers might like cigars.
1: His grandfather taught him how to roll them when he was a little kid. He told me, you know, when I was a little like 10 years old, he has to teach me how to roll cigars and educate me like for everything that he learned in the past, you know, in his life. He rolls cigars, making cigars, selling cigars, and he teach me everything, you know, and, uh, and so. it was good. He passed away. He passed away when I was like uh, around uh, 15, 16, something like that. His grandfather's legacy became his new business. I was driving back home after job, after work, and I saw the sign, the gun show. I saw the sign right there that I'm promoting the gun show in Mesquite. Well, and that weekend I went there. I told to Michelle. Michelle is the is the the lady in charge to the gun shows right here in Dallas. It's a beautiful uh, person. Uh, I love her too much. He gave me she gave me the opportunity to to be there uh, for almost eight and a half years, something like that. Uh, I've been doing the gun shows weekends every weekend, every weekend. And the weekends when I did the gun show the first time. I see the money, I made the money that I never make by working for the rest of the week all the time. Gun show customers could watch him craft his cigars at his rolling table. He developed a following. Sometimes after the gun shows, during the week, the customer, they try the cigars in the week and say, hey Jose, I like it, I want more. And I, okay, I was making, and I was like a, I become like a, a mobile cigar shop. That's what I did, you know? They told me, I'm here, and uh, for example, North Park Mall, can you bring me a 10, 20 cigar? Okay, I'm gonna go there, woof. And uh, I went there, I met the people, face to face. It was, I was a little nervous because I say, hey, people think I'm gonna give you something bad or something like that, <laughs> people, th- and they give me the money right away like that. I say, I have to do it to build be- to my customers for the future. When I have a physical location, the game's gonna change. But now, I'm prepared in the future. By this time, Jose was
0: married. His wife was spouse, business partner, and advisor.
1: And she always my right hand, do it. She support me and everything. She's very smart, and that's what I, the the smart men need a woman like that. You're never gonna see a, 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 a a business man, a, a, a uh, successful man, if he doesn't have, if he, if he does have a, uh, a good woman uh, next to him, you know? And that's what I got. I'm very proud to got my wife. And all my successful scene that I, I can have it right now, I believe 50% is for her and 50% mine. I say, go big or go home. And I say, collect a little money. I say, I'm gonna open the shop
0: open a shop they did in Royce City, east of Dallas.
1: And we said, this is the right place. That's what we did. We put all the money right there, all the money right there. And we're gonna cross the fingers. And I was inside the home and she went with the sign, handmade cigar to the street, the main street, with the, uh, how you call that? Like a, a little sign right there. And that's where we built both the business. Then came COVID, threatening to snuff their success. It was hard moment for me, very difficult moment because everything, all everything stopped. And I said, Whoa oh, my God! I need to do something to uh, make money, SURVIVOR. And uh, and I, I put on my Facebook, Instagram, "Hey, I'm gonna start to sell online. I sell online. I have customers." Uh, New York, um, around Oklahoma, Texas, around Texas, around some customers, people from uh, around the world, because I sometimes I have a customer, he live in Australia, and he will say, man, send me your cigar to Australia. Man, you crazy, you can buy your cigars right there. Say, no, send me, how much is it gonna be? And I sell the a package right there, and they pay for it. Yeah, they love it, and I'm happy, I'm happy. I never know what I what I found on, on my website when I wake up. Customers around all United States say, "Man, this is crazy! How they know me? It's mouth to mouth. They give me a review. If you go to my website, you can see all the reviews." Uh, about the cigar, they they tell me, hey, I got a friend. and He told me about your cigars. They text me, call me. I live in uh, in Ohio. Uh, you can send me to my. It's crazy, man. And I always say, thank God, man, because I don't know how i gonna explain that. Now he has a business partner in Nicaragua
0: who sources tobacco and also manufactures cigars. Jose says the seeds of his success could not have been planted anywhere but the United
1: States. And everyone in Cuba I love United States, and they, that's the first, the priority, the, 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 the first country in the world where we want to go is United States. This is the best country in the world. After that, the freedom that we have here, here we never had in Cuba. When you came here and you, you feel the freedom, I breathe freedom, I breathe peace, I breathe everything right here in the United States. In Cuba, everything is old, everything is poor. It's a communist country, they control everything. They and, and, and We cannot live like that, you know? And I'm very proud to be here. And I have to, if I have to fight for this country, I will. Because like I say, this country give me all that I have in my life. First, freedom. I can support my family. I can live in peace. Now 36, he's been here 10 years. In a
0: small shopping center in East Dallas, you'll find his latest business venture, the newly opened Faustino Cigar Shop, named after Jose's grandfather. It's Jose's second store, a celebration of his old country and his new one. You've been listening to When I Got Here, Untold Immigrant Stories, a production of Literacy Achieves, where we provide English literacy programs for immigrant and refugee families in Dallas. To learn more about our mission and these podcasts, visit our website at literacyachieves.org.